clearly off topic. Two friends, one unique conversation. Driven to learn, inspire, create, and understand the world. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're just trying to be good humans and make the world a better place. How hard could it be? Hey guys, welcome back to Clearly Off Topic. I'm Lindsay. And I'm Juliet. Of course, you guys know and love us because you listen to every episode. Every episode. Um, So guys, we kind of can't come on the air today without talking about what's been going on. And we're not talking about COVID, obviously. For once. For once. (laughs) Um, You know, there's there's a real movement happening. And um, it's been pretty crazy here in Los Angeles. Like, Julia, you felt like you had to leave your house at some point Mm -hmm. because the protest was so close. Um, I live right outside of downtown LA. So if you were watching the news at all, you saw what was going on, not this past Friday, but the Friday before. I mean, there was looting, there was rioting. It was it was kind of madness, um, mm-hmm. but it was all in the name of Black Lives Matter. And obviously the looters and the protesters are two very different people. And we're lucky that they've now, you know, been separated as groups, meaning that there's no more really looting happening. But this is a big movement. And I'm honestly like very proud to be watching this happen because I think we're actually going to make some change, Juliet. I think that there's enough people behind this now. And, you know, th- this stuff's been happening since like forever, guys. Like we, we brought people of color over on slave boats we forced them we like lured them into a boat we shipped them across the sea and we brought them here to basically do the shit work of the country and after all that we've never really gotten over this like racist background that we have and I'm just really proud I've never said this before but I'm like kind of proud to be a a millennial right now I'm kind of (laughs) proud to see people of our age like getting out there and doing shit and I'm one of those people I went out protesting uh, Juliet and I are recording via Zoom because I haven't gotten my COVID test yet. But yeah, this is crazy, Juliet. I think that was like your gratefulness, basically, was that you were yeah. you were telling me before we started that you're just proud to be a millennial and you're grateful to be a millennial. And we get so much shit as millennials, but I think that we are actually could be the generation that makes some substantial change, specifically in this area. Yeah, I agree. And um, I mean, if you guys have listened to our podcast before, you heard our episode with Tatiana and Mia. Mm -hmm. And Tatiana, I mean, she's a fucking force to be reckoned with to begin with. And she has been, you know, fighting this fight her whole life. And I just think about people that we know like that, Juliet, who, you know, she's not only a person of color, she's also a person with disabilities. And she, you know, has had to encounter a lot of things in her life because of disability, but I can't even imagine the things that she's had to encounter just because of the color of her skin. Right. And it's so sad to me. Um, but I'm, I'm really proud in like the last 10 days, there's been arrests made in the cases of George Floyd, uh, the Brianna Taylor, um, case I believe is now reopened and they're going to look at that again. Yeah. And you know, uh, there's been a big push to defund the LAPD and they pulled a hundred and 100 to 150 million, I can't remember the exact number, from the LADP, and they're putting it into communities that need it, you know? Um, and that's obviously like a small drop in the bucket, right? But these little tiny things that we actually see happening are just like, in all the anguish that we're seeing happen around this, like seeing those positive changes and seeing people really speaking out and moving the mark and seeing people of our age like get out there and share their stories and I'm just, I'm overwhelmed with like sadness and hurt that all these people of color have dealt with their entire lives. But I'm also like overwhelmingly grateful that 
I not only get to witness this, but that I get to be a part of it and that, you know, I get to talk to my parents about why this is a big issue. And, you know, we, we've always wanted to use our platform for good. And in the show notes today, you guys will see some extra stuff um, towards the top that won't have anything to do with our episode, but it will have to do with what's going on in our country and around the world right now. And, um, you know, all 50 states protested together the other day, 50 states. That's like Alaska too, Hawaii too. I think Puerto Rico was on there. Like, Julia, when was the last time you saw all 50 states do anything? Never, never. never. They, and the, they never get together. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like to hang out very much, they especially Alaska out. up there. Um, but yeah, everybody's protesting get together and even other countries and people are literally putting their lives on the line by going out and risking getting COVID because we realize this is such a big deal. And mm-hmm. I'm proud to be in the generation I'm in. I'm proud to be able to use this platform to teach people. So you guys will see a bunch of links down there. Um, there'll be links about how to be a better ally. There's going to be links for um, great movies that I've watched, that Juliet's watched, that you know we really feel like kind of share some knowledge as to what's been going on over the last you know couple centuries in mm-hmm. the United States and why this is such a big problem. And we, we really urge you to watch those read those and, you know, get involved. If you feel called to donate, donate. If you feel called to get out on your feet and protest, protest. I would love to show you guys the four blisters I have on my feet because I decided the converse was the right idea this weekend. Not a good call. It could have been the right idea. I don't know why it wasn't actually. (laughs) Joel told me that my toes were protesting me protesting. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. Um, I, I definitely, I definitely piggyback on everything Lindsay's saying that I, I think that we're a smart enough generation where we can figure out you know, it's not a blanket statement. Like we can't just totally defund the police. Like the world without police would be terrible. It'd be a very scary world. It'd be like countries that are run by cartels and mm-hmm. we don't want that either. But I think that our generation, we have the resources, the capability and, and the knowledge to be able to make change that, that works for everyone. It's not about pressing another, another population down so that another one can rise up. I think that we can all coexist in a world together. And I think before, maybe the reason it didn't work uh, in, in the way that people wanted it to was because of that. It was more of like, okay, you know, because of this, this has to go. Well, let's find exactly. a way in a world where both can coexist and work together in a way that is beneficial for everyone and, and just makes us all better humans, definitely. And there's a lot of hate out there. Like I reached out to a police officer to get his idea, his... Um, take on Black Lives Matter. And I would love to have had him on the show. Um, but his response when I asked him to come on a show and talk about Black Lives Matter was, quote, I'm not interested in sitting down with Black Lives Matter. They are a hateful, racist, separatist group pushing a false narrative about America's police officers. And this is a gentleman who is like very much about that all police are not racist, but he's had enough. So now he's feeling like othered, you know, he's, yeah. like, you know, he's got hate that maybe he didn't have before. And maybe he's deep down, you know, has racial tendencies. I don't know the man. I just reached out to him, but that was his response to me. And I think it's really important that right now there's a lot of emotions flying and don't let this push you to the other side of something, right? If you're neutral and now you're like just mad at the situation because they're blocking off your block or coronavirus quarantine is all coming together and you're just feeling crazy, don't hate take a step back and realize what you can do as a human to better the situation and not just spew hate. <laughs> yeah, totally agree. And I mean, like, I guess my big thing, like, um, 
I have people in my family, I'm not going to say who, because I'm sure they listen to the podcast, but they don't necessarily agree with what's happening. And, Mm -hmm. you know, my big take on this is over the weekend, um, this is coming out on Tuesday. So like over this past weekend, Drew Brees came out and basically took back a statement that he said on like Thursday or Friday, which was like, you know, I didn't understand, like, I don't understand why Black Lives Matter has anything to do with the flag. And he was talking about Colin Kaepernick kneeling. And he took the time this weekend, Drew Brees, like white guy, very privileged, like has a huge platform. He took the time to listen to other people this weekend and changed his stance and ended up tweeting and Instagramming at President Trump, like, hey, look, in the last 48 hours, I have been bombarded in a good way with knowledge and information and resources. And I have taken the time to step back and like read into what all of this means. And he changed his entire stance. And he basically came out and apologized to all of the people in the NFL that he had like, you know, technically been offended by. And, you know, inadvertently said he was sorry to Colin Kaepernick for not understanding. And so I think my big take on is if people like that, people who thought this was about the flag, who thought like all of these things were not about black lives, because that's what it is. You know, there, some people are changing their mind. And I hope that if you do have a person in your life who, you know, has race, racist tendencies or has racist thoughts, that you come at them with love when you talk to them about it. And I think that's a really big thing that Juliet and I try to do when we're educating people is come at it with love, like never attack somebody for their thoughts or feelings. And it's going to get emotional. It's going to get hard for you. It's going to get hard for that other person. And if you, you know, look, you're never going to change somebody's mind by screaming at them in a Facebook comment, right? You're never going to change somebody's mind by just getting aggravated by what their feelings and thoughts are about something. So come at this from a side of love um, because I think that's the only way that we can make a real change. And as millennials, we have so much knowledge at our fingertips and we know how to access it. So use those powers that we have now in 2020. We have the power to get on the internet and research and read opposing articles. Juliet and I talk about that all the time. Like we both listen to conservative radio, even though we can only stand it for about 25 minutes. We do it every once in a while. You have you know? to, you have to, because knowledge is power. And if you're just stuck in your own egotistical bubble, you're never going to expand as a human. And if you're okay with that, that is your choice, but that's not the choice of the future. Yeah, I agree. Um, I told somebody today that like, Hey, you can be on the right side of history or the wrong side of history. And that's for you to decide. And like, there's plenty of information out there for you to look into. And I urge you all to click on those links, try to be an ally for all the people of color in your life. And wherever you feel called support, we support the black lives matter movement. You know, black people deserve better. Honestly, that's my bottom line. Mm -hmm. Like they deserve better from us, from everyone. Yeah. Um, One of the the funny things that I realized today, I was driving through Baldwin Hills, which I didn't realize was a black neighborhood. (laughs) And and we were, Dan and I were the only white people there. And we got out and we like walked around because it was a beautiful neighborhood. And and I realized that I was more comfortable in an all black neighborhood than at like an all Hispanic neighborhood. And not like I was going to, uncomfortable as in I was going to get hurt. Um, but just, I didn't feel othered. I was like, oh yeah, I'm just like another person here and everyone here is black, but I'm white. Just like, I didn't feel different. And I re- I pinpointed it. I believe just me personally, call me out if I'm wrong. Um, like if I'm in an all Hispanic neighborhood, they don't speak, in- not always do they speak English or they're speaking Spanish. So I can't communicate to them in an all black neighborhood. Everyone speaks English. Mostly mm-hmm. like 99% mostly, probably yeah. speak English. Um, yeah. we have a lot of the same traditions and Mexican culture doesn't have all the same traditions that we have. There's so much difference between Mexican culture and white culture 
But yet in Los Angeles, I feel like there's still more segregation between black people than white people, even though uh, yeah. like we share, we share so much. And I thought that was so interesting because LA is full of, of, of Latin people and Hispanic people. Absolutely. Like, yeah. It's LA. Like we live My here. whole neighborhood. Like I fucking I love, love them. Right. And I, I guys, but I live isn't in that Highland Park. Like it's just the color of our skin. Like we share almost everything else with black Almost people. everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And you know, they've been in this country basically as long as we have. We fucking discovered it and stole it away from the Native American. Oh my God. I could talk about this forever. Yeah. We could go. Anyway. Should we get to the episode? Like should we introduce what we're talking about? I'm going to introduce who we're talking about today you guys. Um, but seriously, this is a really big movement and this is really close to our heart. So if you guys, you know, have differing opinions from us and you want to hear why we feel this way, please feel free to reach out to either of us. Like we would love to be either an ally for you, um, or just help you find the information that you want to find. So I'm always here. You guys know my Instagram, you have the clearly off topic Instagram. If you haven't figured it out, I run that by now. Um, I do. But yeah, please reach out. Like we're here to talk. We're here to listen. Um, if you're a person of color and you want to be on this podcast, we want to hear your story. Um, you know, so anyway, to the episode now. So I didn't tease you guys too much, but I'm going to tease you a little bit and then we'll let our guest come on. So our guest today is Sophia Nelson. Um, she's one of my dear, dear friends and she had a beautiful idea. Um, Sophia is a doctor. Um, she went through medical school, did the whole nine yards, residency, and all of that. And she's one of my hoop friends. Um, we do performances together. We do conclave together. And I've gotten really close to Sophia over the years. And about two years ago, we were in our car. We were driving out to Santa Barbara to go to conclave practice. And she mentioned this idea to me. She was like, I want to start a dance company that's melding dance, traditional dance, and flow props. <laughs> and I was like, okay, girl sure you got it right that's a great idea over the next couple of weeks she kept talking about what her real vision was and she wanted to bring forth a ballet version production of the nutcracker but in flow form so we're doing it you guys she has created this dance company out of nothing she has gotten the local flow community in los angeles behind her as well as some really special guests that are kind of coming from other areas and we've held auditions we have a theater booked. We are going to be at the El Portal um, Thanksgiving Day weekend. And, you know, hopefully we can fill a theater at that point. We'll see what happens with COVID. But um, we're going to talk to Sophia about what Lumia Dance Company is, which is a flow-based dance company. Um, but we're going to put on major productions, you guys. And our first one is going to be the Nutcracker. And, you know, Sophia's here to talk to us about this today. So, Juliet, you ready to get into the episode? I'm so ready to get my flow on. Okay, but before we get into all of that, I want to talk about Red Bear Roastery. Red Bear Roastery is a micro roastery out of Los Angeles specializing in small batch craft coffee beans. Yes, that's a thing. Isn't that crazy? They are basically fueled by caffeine and they have a huge passion for coffee. They want to provide you with the most wildly fresh coffee beans on the planet, basically. Your coffee never sits on a shelf for weeks on end before you purchase it. It's not like manufactured far away and then shipped off to you. It is manufactured as you order. So if you order a bag of the Burundi, he then roasts a bag of the Burundi and just the small batch that you need. We have a really special relationship with Red Bear Roastery, and that is what gets us through all of these hours of podcasting. So if you use the code off topic at checkout at redbearroastery.com, you'll save 20%. So once again, code off topic and get yourself some wildly fresh coffee beans. All right. And here she is, Sophia Nelson. Thank you so much for being on the podcast with us today. Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. 
Oh, I am so excited about this episode. So um, you guys kind of heard a little teaser, but basically um, Sophia and I met and basically from the exact moment that what is Lumia? Yeah. <laughs> so um, delving into that a little bit. So basically I have grown up with one foot in two different worlds pretty much um, my whole life. I was, you know, a figure skater and then did a lot of like intensive dance training. And at the same time, I was really much very much into science. Um, so when I went to college, you know, I had to make the decision, of, you know, how much do I want to dance? How much do I want to pursue healthcare? Um, and so then basically I came to the decision that I, you know, above everything else, I, I just really wanted to be a, a doctor. So I put dancing aside. Um, I did still take classes kind of all over LA as much as I could at like Edge and Millennium, some of the, the other kind of little LA studios all around. And then I went to med school full time. Um, when I was in residency um, and I had a lot less time for sort of traditional dance classes, kind of flow arts came into my life. And it was such, such an incredibly empowering and um, creative movement um, that I, had in dance, but flow arts allowed you or allowed me at least to move creatively and dance beyond the physical limitations of what your body could do. Because for example, when I was, you know, taking all my ballet classes, I just have an incredibly crappy turnout. And it was always like the bane of my dancing. Like (laughs) I was so self-conscious about it. And, you know, some certain (laughs) things just objectively looked less beautiful when I created them with my body because I just had this anatomic limitation. And, you know, this goes for everyone, you know, in terms of like flexibility and, you know, kind of your limb proportions. So flow arts really allowed me to um, create and to dance beyond, beyond those limitations and really express myself um, creatively in a very cognitive way, um, just with the amount of geometry and physics you can create with the shapes. Um, and so that, that appealed to me a lot. So that's kind of what, um, drew me into flow arts and has, has led me to, to pursue, to pursue it so much in my life. You're like a Da Vinci student. Have you heard about those people (laughs) where they, you are like the perfect mix of science and art, and it's very rare to oh, find. Thank you. And the fact that you've pursued both really strongly is uh, commendable, really. Yeah. So, thank good you. job. I appreciate that. And you know, it's it's not even uh, a choice, quite honestly. It's it's almost like um, a non-negotiable aspect of of who I am. And that in times when I'm not dancing and when I'm not, you know, working on creative projects, I really feel myself, you know, performing less well at work. And, you know, it's, it's so much, um, it's so much easier for me to focus cognitively and intellectually during work. And then when I have, um, you know, kind of this creative outlet during my off time. Um, so, so for me and for a lot of other physicians, I know, actually, really, you need to have both. And that's part of what I think has attracted a lot of us to medicine is that it's, it's, I think one of the, um, one of the sciences available as a career, um, that has the most opportunity for, um, creative expression in terms of your choices day by day. And as algorithmic as, as medicine tries to be, there's so much 
that I do every day based on gestalt and based on my clinical judgment um, that, that I think it, it really forces you to think creatively as well. Um, so, so the two, the two are very much inseparable. <laughs> That's awesome. So, you know, going through, obviously like your love for florets developed over time as most of the love does. Cause in the beginning you're kind of like, what am I even doing with this? So how did you get to the point um, where you decided to, you know, do this big stage production and, and when did, you know, Lumia kind of come into your brain that this is something that you wanted to do? <laughs> That's, yeah, that's, I actually distinctly remember the moment. Um, and, you know, as, as a flow artist, um, I had kind of done, done the usual thing, you know, in terms of performance opportunities, your options pretty much are like clubs, um, private corporate events, festivals, and then, you know, the, the occasional, you know, other gig. Um, so there was really um, a notable gap for me, which was, I, I really wanted to be on the stage. And I really wanted a venue where you can create art instead of just, or in addition to creating entertainment. So not just pure entertainment. Um, so that was something um, for me that was really missing. And I remember sitting actually next to one of my good friends who's a huge inspiration to me also, um, Morgan yes. Jenkins, who you who you guys also interviewed on this yeah. podcast a few months ago. I love her. But I was sitting next to her and we were at this flow retreat, which is basically like a weekend immersive intensive where you take, you know, tons of classes during the day in different like prop disciplines. And, um, and then there's usually like a gala showcase one evening where all the teachers kind of put on a show. Um, and it's something that, you know, all the students look forward to. It's like the highlight of the weekend. Um, and I remember that this was actually the first flow event where I went um, as like a medical staff volunteer. Um, so that was really fun <laughs> to kind of help out during the day and take class. And then um, I remember watching this gala with Morgan and it was these, uh, a, a blend of all the different props you can think of. Um, and it was a varied music, varied, you know, day props or whether there was technology involved and um, all of the artists were so incredibly talented and there was so much art in their performance and you, so much of their soul. And I remember thinking during that show was like, oh my God, I, I would pay like 50, $60 to see this. Like, I wish my sister could see this with me. I wish I could take my mom to this. Like, this is so cool. And I remember thinking in that moment, I was like this, this is what we need. We need to, you know, create a space in our community, in our society, where we can do those things, where we can take our families to see um, shows that are, you know, powered by this incredibly old, but also incredibly new performance art, um, and really be, be able to showcase and provide a venue for these incredible artists and dancers to showcase their art, um, you know, in, in other ways, in other avenues. So that's kind of where it was spawned. I had this like aha moment where I was like, man, I wish I could do this or I wish I could, you know, go to these shows more often. And then I remember months later, um, I was I was thinking and I don't even remember what I was doing, but I had this thought about, you know, kind of the sacrifice that I've made and how I've I've always felt a little sense of like coulda, shoulda, woulda in terms of dancing. Like I, I wish... I, I could see in a like a magic lens what my life would have looked like if I had really, you know, pursued that 
even more than I had the opportunity to. Um, and I felt like I had made this sacrifice and I'm now empowered in this other way and that I have the resources and the knowledge and the friend group and kind of this perfect blend that the universe delivered of being able to create something like this. And um, I really felt like it was um, not so much a choice at that point. I felt like I was called to do this for the community um, and, and for myself and for my children. I, you know, this is something that um, has pushed me in ways <laughs> that uh, has been very interesting. You know, starting a dance company in 2020 <laughs> and booking a theater for the fall has been has been an interesting challenge. Um, but that's that's really been my vision for this is that it's I, I want to create opportunity for for us, for for people who want to dance and express themselves and pick up floors. Yeah. And it's been a, like a beautiful ride so far. So Lumia Dance Company is that, you know, for flow artists. And I mean, I'm so excited to be a part of it, Sophia. I'm so glad that, you know, I was sitting in that car next to you on the way to Conclave. <laughs> like listening about all of this and you know this vision that you have to do a nutcracker obviously like we're in strange times in 2020 guys we we have booked a or Sophia has booked a theater and we are going to be performing um and you know hopefully that gets to happen and when that does believe me you guys will see it blasted everywhere but you know this vision <laughs> for the nutcracker um we are going to be doing a a a version of the Nutcracker. Um, and it's going to be a journey through flow and time. And, you know, I'm really excited about this. You know, we're kind of blending both worlds, right? We're taking visions from where these flow arts came from and we're blending them into our new like technical version of it. And it's so exciting. And there's people like, there's people in this community who are dancers at heart. Like I'm not like, I can dance, don't get me wrong, but like, I'm, I'm no, you know, Tiana Powell. She's an incredible dancer. I'm, I'm no, so Learning so PKs, it's very hard. Um, it, you know, it's fine. We're we're all learning and we're all in stages. But you know how? You know, let's talk about the Nutcracker for a little bit. So, why the Nutcracker? And you know, what are you doing with this production that people should know about? And you know, just maybe some little teasers or something like that. I don't want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely don't want to give too much away because I'm so excited yes. about it. Um, but so essentially what my vision was, um, was to create a show on a stage, um, where basically we would put on a, a full, you know, hour and a half long performance, um, with our flow props, um, at, at a proper stage with ticketing, um, with an experience for the audience. And, um, I wanted it to be accessible um, to what I will lovingly refer to as muggles, yep. which is, which is you know, friends and family um, and loved ones who who don't flow and maybe have never even seen it before. And you know, it's it's something that you know, we all have experienced. You know, kind of messing around with our hoops or our props, and someone comes up to us and, oh my god, that's so cool! What is this? Oh my god, it lights up! This is crazy. <laughs> Um, so, um, the muggles essentially, uh, I wanted to create a, an experience for them that was relatable, um, and something that they were already familiar with. And so nothing really felt, um, as powerful as a nutcracker, which, you know, even if you don't go to shows often with your family, I think most folks kind of have been to maybe one or, or know the story of the nutcracker. So it's, it's a very, um, 
sort of uh, well-known story and it's during the holiday season, which is great. Um, a, a lot of dance companies have uh, remade their own version of the Nutcracker over the years. Um, I was actually lucky enough to be in the production of one, um, one of the dance companies I used to dance with in med school called LA Unbound. And they're actually amazing. Um, if you want to look them up, they're, they're incredible. And what it is, is it's a, it's a group of women who um, want to dance on stage and want to put on shows. And the majority of folks have jobs. So rehearsals are in the evenings and, you know, it's just kind of an opportunity that you can audition for and, and jump into. Um, so I had the um, privilege of doing the their version of the Nutcracker, um, I think in 2000, you know, maybe 13, 14. Um, and that was such a fun experience. And it was um, so great being able to, to remake something and give it a new life and give it a new meaning. And it really kind of settled in me that, that this was the experience I wanted to create, but with um, flow props. Um, so I don't want to give too much yeah. away about the show, <laughs> but it's going to be focused around, you know, kind of the, the traditional Nutcracker story. Um, you know, there's a family and their daughter, Clara, they're hosting a party. Um, a bunch of guests come. There's, you know, the, the Drosselmeyer who arrives, who's kind of like the cool uncle, and he brings gifts, um, which are presented to Clara, things like the dolls, um, you know, some, some, of the, some other dancers, and then Basically, um, guests leave, Clara goes to sleep, um, and she enters kind of like a dream state. And the Rat King comes who, um, you know, kind of threatens Clara. And then the Nutcracker, which, you know, I forgot to mention, was actually one of the gifts that the Drossel Liar presented, um, comes to life, defends Clara, um, beats the Rat King. And then he and Clara go on a basically magical adventure through through the different lands, Um and, you know, thinking back to when this ballet and the story was written, um, I think it was 18, 18 something, um, <laughs> you know, but then culture for, for folks of Eurasian descent, cultures outside of Europe were very exotic um, and were very new and different. So, you know, where does Clara go? Clara goes on, you know, the, to the land of the sweets where she gets to, um, you know, experience exotic Spanish chocolate and, you know, the Chinese culture and the, the Arabian tea um, and, you know, the, the Russian candy canes. And so basically um, she goes on a journey through these different lands uh, at, she's kind of hosted there by the snow queen and uh, the snowflakes. And then at the end, there's a sort of a big um, waltz of the flowers and the meeting of the sugar plum fairy. So it's a very, you know, even for folks who have not seen the ballet before, there's certain kind of very um, popular tunes. Uh, so, so there's like one or two songs in the Nutcracker that, you know, one of them's in like Fantasia. So, so when you hear it, you're like, oh, like I know the song. Um, so that's what I'm hoping to do is basically remake Nutcracker. Um, it's going to be a similar story. You know, Claire is going to be at a party. Um and she's going to go to sleep and she's going to go on this incredible journey. Um, and as part of that journey, she'll, she'll get to experience, you know, seeing different props and learning about them. And um, it'll be a blend of, uh, you know, traditional dance movement and also um, really flow arts. And, you know, as, as far on as like much of the sort of techie tech type <laughs> stuff and, um, you know, some of the some of the uh, production will be with day props and stage lighting. Some of it will be with um, LED technology. We have lots of surprises in store for everyone. It's going to be, um, you know, a fully immersive experience for the audience. Um, you know, we're hoping to have some vendors there and 
really create an experience where you feel kind of fully immersed in the story. So um, we are so excited to, to share it with everyone. And it's been, it's been an incredibly, um, incredibly beautiful and difficult and challenging time putting this together because, you know, we want to be able to, to give it our all and um, just seeing everybody come together to, to support me from, from Lindsay, of course, who's been instrumental, <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> you know, to, to the rest of my incredible um, flow family, uh, who's really kind of held my hand through this and has really supported me. So it's, it's, it's been really lovely seeing all of the, the interest and um, all the support that we've received for this project. So we're very excited to share it. And November 28th, hopefully, unless it's next year, yeah. for now, <laughs> November 28th is the date for which we're set. weekend, and that's a big weekend for Nutcracker. Like, I, I that's, a, that's a big weekend, so. It is a really big weekend. We're so excited, and, you know, it's it's such a big honor because we're producing it at the um, El Portal Theater in North Hollywood, and it's one of the oldest theaters in Los Angeles. It was built in 1926, and it's this beautiful brick, um, you know, gorgeous amphitheater-style um, theater that sits 360 guests. Um, so, you know, we we're we're you know we can produce this, you know, quickly and over Zoom if we have to. I mean, we have such an incredible group of dancers. Um, but, but, you know, our main concern is, can we safely put 360 pe people in a stage in November? So, well, um, still a little bit up in the air about that. Um, uh, but, you know, crossing my fingers so hard that, you know, things, things slow down, things open up and, and we can bring, bring this show and share it with you all. I can't wait. Nutcracker is one of my favorites. And I think most people are not, you know, ballet connoisseurs, but they've seen the Nutcracker. So it's something that can delight and inspire so many different people across many age ranges and, and hopefully really connect with different people. Um, yeah. I guess, I guess I'm like interested in, so is this the first show? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's, it's our first show. Um, I'm certainly hoping that we can produce shows in the future as well. I think, um, you know, it would be, fantastic if we could maybe do like you know two shows a year um, so we can you know really have creative projects to work on um and be able to to bring this bring this to the muggles because my god Lindsay, can you imagine like walking out of there and you know seeing kids who go to our show and maybe like some cute little boy like wants to learn poi and you know it's i, I feel like it's going to be such a beautiful experience empowering a, a, like a young new generation of dancers to maybe consider adding props to their movement and into their um, way of expressing themselves. Yeah. I'm, I couldn't serious. I seriously could not be more excited. I just stuttered there because that's, that's how much this project means to me. I mean, Sophia's right when, when she said that there's not a lot of opportunities out there for people who want to do this full time. I mean, sure. There are people who do. And like, they are incredible and they work their butts off. This is a more than full-time job for them. This is their passion. This is their dream. And, you know, Sophia and I, we love our jobs and, you know, I'm, I'm proud to do what I do. I know Sophia is proud to do what she does. And if she isn't, I'll, I'll smack her next time I can see her. But, you know, it's like, it's, we, you know, I can't dance in a club forever. I'm over 30. Like I can't do that. I can't put on a thong, but like, I'm not going to do that to you, everybody. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's the worst. Yeah. I actually, yeah, it's, um, I agree. Um, it's, and you know, it's, it's such a, 
it's such a, um, you know, flexible uh, skill. You know, it can be used for so much from just, you know, pure entertainment to really expressive lyrical um, art. And that's what I hope we can create is, is a real um, blending of the two. Um, so I'm really excited about it. And, you know, like I said, I, I couldn't be more grateful to have you in my life and to have, you know, have had your um, support through all of us and, and the rest of our amazing friends. Aww. So this sounds very um, groundbreaking. Like from what you've kind of been talking about, this has not really been done by any dance company or flow art yeah. company. This is something that's yeah. some new shit. It is, it is. And, you know, I, I think a part of that is, um, why I feel so committed to do it because I'm in a unique situation in which, you know, being a physician, I, I have the funds to do this, you know, like I have the funds to, um, you know, kind of quote, invest in this project um, the way you would invest in say like the stock market or something else. And really, you know, put, put my money kind of the, that phrase where, you know, you, you water what you want to see flower. And for me, that's flow arts. And I want to, make sure that, you know, 10 years from now, this is still something that's accessible and available to people. Um, and so, you know, if I, I'm in a position where I can financially support something like this, um, because of ironically, the craft I chose that pulled yeah. me away from it to begin with. So it's, um, it's, it's put me in a unique situation. So I think that's perhaps why it hasn't been done is that it, it, re it requires a certain financial commitment that's difficult. And then also, honestly, like I'm so incredibly lucky to be in this community because as an outsider, you know, you couldn't do this if you were, you know, some like a, a, str a stranger to the flow community coming in and trying to build something like from this from scratch, because I'm truly only able to do it because of um, the flow community and how supportive they've been. And, you know, just watching people show up for the audition and the amount of people that have messaged me. Um, it's uh, it's it's really a, a very. Um, it's a very exciting time for us, I think. And um, I'm going to be so proud we will pull <laughs> when off. we pull we this will. off. <laughs> Groundbreaking, Julia. We, oh, we like, we're really trying to do something here. I, I'm so excited for this. And I mean, what do you like? We've been talking about shows and, um, you know, more shows in the future. Like, this is something we want to keep doing long term. So, you know, obviously being able to pull off that first show is a big giant leap for this. And, you know, I think I can speak for a lot of people and everyone involved in this for sure that like, we thank you because this is, this is big for us. This allows me to, you know, express myself creatively and I'm, I'm thankful for it too. So. I think people don't realize you need one without oh. the other. Like you're talking about how you're a better, you're a better physician because you have this outlet. And if you don't have it, you see, things coming up short. And that's so important to really understand that there are multi areas of yourself. Like everyone is multidimensional and really to find that thing that betters you in everything in life doesn't mean it has to be your number one focus. It could be, um, but it could be something that's just like assistive right. to your life. And it's really cool that you have been able to like firmly plant your feet in two separate, very separate things. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> that, that means a lot to me. Um, yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's one of those double-edged swords where, you know, I'm, I'm privileged enough to kind of lead these two very different, very awesome lives. Um, but because of that, you kind of feel like you're always missing out a little bit on one. And for me, it's been, you know, hands down, 
medicine is, is where I've been firmly planted. Um, and I, I felt like I haven't been in a place to tap into dance in a while. And it was only really when I discovered Flow Arts that that fire was reignited. And I was like, oh, wow, I, I forgot how important this is to me into my soul and it just um, opens up doors emotionally and cognitively that that allow you not just to be you know a better physician but but a better spouse a better friend um, it's it's really important for balance and you know irrespective of what it is you know whether it's for you it's journalism and cooking or you know working in a, a, a lab and, and going for that run it's just so important to find that flow that flow art yes. for you um, whatever it is in your life so that you can find that balance. Yeah. Do you have any tips for people to find that? Like, I think that maybe some people are looking for that, but maybe they don't know it when they see it. Is there something that, that was instantly within you that was like, this is the thing. Yeah. Um, so I, I think it was the flow headspace. Um, and that's something that's, that's very interesting. Actually, it was, um, a theory that was, I think discovered or, or coined um, a while ago by by some psychiatrists and then later scientists, um, basically describing the headspace of um, pure, unadulterated concentration, and just being so yeah. um, so in it that everything else kind of melts away and you're fully absorbed, you know, fully in the task. Um, and we actually see that in in medicine too. It's it's a well known thing in surgery, where you know one of my best friends who's a who's a urologist and also a hooper actually um yeah yeah, she attended I remember when we were in residency together a grand rounds on um, the flow state and surgery um and how just the act of of using your hands can can place you in this headspace so I think just um you know my that's kind of what drew me to flow arts is like the name implies you know I, I really felt like I was able to cognitively commit to something um so that's what I think um you know, I would advise folks to seek is whatever it is that you enjoy doing, um, where you have moments of being so absorbed by it that everything melts away. And it's this sense of peace and being suspended in time. It's like a true mindfulness activity. Um, so, so I would guess that that's, um, that would be my one advice is whatever your meditation is, whatever your, your, Thing is that absorbs you so fully that everything melts away. Um, so really trying trying to play around and, and find whatever that activity is for you. Um, for me, it's 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 hooping. Um, you know, I, I think that it's uh, cognitively so enriching, especially with two hoops and multiple hoops. There's there's so much geometry and there's so much that hasn't even been discovered yet. And you know, whether it's dance mm-hmm. or not, you know, kind of trying out all the different props, trying out yoga, trying out meditation. Um, and seeing what you gravitate to. Yeah, I would say the same. Just try a lot of different things until something becomes that you'll you'll know when you feel it. When you're doing that thing and you want to commit to it, you'll know. So yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Well, um, Sophia, I absolutely cannot wait until November. I really hope that the world is open by then and that we can safely do this. Um, so <laughs> You know, obviously, um, where can people follow Lumia on, you know, all of the different platforms? Where can they find out? We're doing Zoom classes right now, which is something we totally forgot to talk about. But um, we are doing Zoom classes right now. And, you know, Sophia is kind of leading those up. They're all donation based. So um, 
I, Sophia, it's all like your choreographers and leads yeah, that are doing Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so basically our, our production has, you know, maybe 10 to 12 of our kind of lead choreographers um, who, are, who are incredible performers, you know. Um, so some of which I know uh, the, the Hoop community is super familiar with, but um, they're, they're teaching classes. So we have classes on Tuesdays and Thursdays um, from 7 to 8, to 8 Pacific time. Um, they are recorded. Um, they are donation based and all of the funds go directly to the teachers. Yep. Um, and it's, it's a blend of, uh, you know, prop technique and, and also dance and movement and, you know, things like how to stretch and how to dance with your face in addition to, to some of the cool tricks. And so you can um, follow us uh, at uh, Instagram at Lumia Dance CO, um, like company. Uh, and we have our class schedule posted there and um, our, our teachers. So check us out and, and come join us for our class and you know, be a part of the magic with us wherever you are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I had a girl trying to ask me on the Instagram the other day what time Lee Jeffrey's class was in France. And I had to look it up and I was like, oh no, like 3 a.m. Anyway. Oh, yeah, well, well, we, we do record them and we do email them out because you yes. know, we understand life's hard. Yes. <laughs> well, uh, thank you, Sophia, for coming on. I'm glad we were able to bring this to the world. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for having me. I am, so, of course, I'm so excited for the Nutcracker. I'm really excited to see your take. So, everyone, um, so you'll see us there for clearly off topic. We'll probably uh, you'll see me, and then you'll be able to see Lindsay. I think she's going to be on stage, and <laughs> Sophia. So we will definitely make you a video totally about this. Um, but yeah, Sophia, thank you so much again for coming on and really just showing us a different way to look at life. Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me, guys. It's been wonderful. <laughs>